0: Today, on Bread for the Broken, with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the
1: broken. We were his enemies. We were his enemies. Yet, even while we were his enemies, Christ died for us, which is incredible. And why would he do that? Well, because he loves us. Uh, We know that from John, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who who should ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life, okay? It was love. It was his love for us. That that alone should just blow our minds, okay? His love for you is what spurred on this rescue mission.
0: When we think of love, we often think of the people that we love. There's already a connection there, so it's easy to show love with actions. But what about the people that we don't have a strong connection with? The people that we have a hard time showing love to. In today's message, Pastor James shares about the love of God. The love of God isn't just reserved for those that are His, but also those who are against Him. This is a kind of love that goes beyond our understanding and invites us into deeper relationships. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: Who wrote the book of Revelation? Well, it's the Apostle John through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. John is—he uh, was one of the three, you know, the, kind of the inner inner core, the inner circle there with Jesus. Um, he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's also the guy who was used by the Holy Spirit to write the Gospel of John and then First, Second, and Third John. Um, and this guy is more than qualified to convey to us or to communicate to us who Jesus was, and and even to give a good description of of, you know, of, of what Jesus even looked like. So John, he was arrested and he's, he's even going to, he's going to throw it out there, but he was arrested and he was, he was sentenced to basically to to go and, you know, to to be isolated on the island of Patmos, okay? And that was after a couple of attempts of really them trying to take his life and all this stuff. This dude had, the last closing years of his life were were pretty rough. Um, He faced persecution and everything. And so they think around uh, 95, 96 AD is when he wrote this book. It was uh, towards the end of Emperor Domitian's reign, which was, uh, there was uh, just a a ton of persecution towards uh, Christians and the church during his reign. And so here's John facing the ultimate isolation. Okay, we we think we have it bad right now. John's stuck on an island just all by himself. What's cool about that is what we're going to see in just a second as we walk through this chapter is John never seems to have lost that connection he had with Jesus. And he didn't allow his his suffering to produce bitterness, bitterness in his heart towards Jesus. You never, ever, ever get a glimpse of that or even see any hint of that within him. You can read... For sure, you can read the Gospel of John. I, I highly recommend that. Um, one of my favorite books from the Bible. But also 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are just beautifully crafted letters from John, who at the point in time when he wrote those, he was, he was an older guy. And, and so we always refer to him in that sense as like Grandpa John. You know, and Grandpa John is like writing to his children, to his grandchildren, so to speak, and just, just communicating such tremendous love. Not only for them, but his his love for Jesus as well. And then you see, as you go through the book of Revelation, that man you just see that this dude just he loved Jesus, absolutely loved Jesus. And here he is stuck on an island. Some of the church history would even say that, like one of the ways that they tried to kill him was like in boiling oil and all this stuff. Had every reason really to kind of be bitter, and uh, and he just he never chose to be. His eyes were fixed on Jesus. And he was just going to worship. He was going to worship Jesus. And so we we love that. We admire that about a guy, uh, this guy. So here's John. He's writing this this tremendous book, which has been like a subject of uh, all sorts of controversies. uh, Right? It's like, how do we interpret this thing? Is it literal? Is it figuratively? Or is, you know, all this stuff. We may get into some of that down the road, but uh, we're not going to worry about that just yet. Right now, John is just, he's just writing what he saw. Okay. And so, uh, the book of Revelation, it's outlined for us. Even in the first chapter, it's going to give us an outline of how, how to break it down. And that's first, uh, verse 19 of chapter one. It says, write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. So it's broken down into three different sections. What you have seen, that's chapter one. What, what is now, that, that would be Revelation two and three. And then, what is to come would be Revelation 4 through 22. Okay, so simple outline, simple breakdown of this book. Part one is what we'll cover today, and that's just chapter one with the vision, what he has seen. So with this unveiling, Christ in his undiminished glory, This uh, we're going to get a beautiful picture of, of who John is. But let me read to you from 1 John, 1 John chapter one real fast. This is concerning John's, you know, he's just, he's communicating to Fellow believers, his credibility, so to speak. It says, verse one: the one who existed from the beginning is the one we have heard and seen. We have seen him with our own eyes. Uh, we have touched him with our own hands. He is, he is Jesus Christ, the Word of Life. This one who is life from God was shown to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and announce to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was. He was with the Father, and then He was shown to us. We are telling you about what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy will be complete. Okay, so that's John. John writing to the church, just letting them know, like, look, we've seen Him. We heard Him. We've felt Him. we've, We've touched Him. John knows what he's talking about. Okay, so he's not like hallucinating or, or anything like that. But even the vision that he gets of Jesus during this moment is a pretty powerful one for somebody who at one point in time uh, had rested his head on, on Jesus' chest, okay? That last supper moment where he's, he's sitting next to Jesus the night, you know, leading up to his crucifixion. And, and there John is placing his head on, on the chest of Jesus and even probably hearing that heartbeat from Jesus, that ba-bump, ba-bump. You know, and so this dude knew Jesus, absolutely knew Jesus. So Revelation one one says this: this is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him concerning the events that will happen soon. Okay, so now this was written a long time ago. So what does it mean? It'll happen soon because it hasn't happened yet, right? It's it's basically saying this: once these events start happening, and it's just boom, it, it's it's going. Okay, the momentum's there, and there's no stopping it at all. And technically. It still, is, it still can happen soon, right? So you know, don't think that, well, it hasn't happened yet, it's not gonna happen, or it may not happen in our lifetime. Uh, we should live, especially as believers, you live each and every day, each and every moment, as if it's going to happen today. Uh, that's how you should conduct your life. That's, that's how you should base decisions, so to speak. That's how you should base everything, like how you treat people, how you're being a witness for God. It's just this reality that's there at the forefront of your brain, where you know just this understanding that he can come back any moment so with that it's happening it could that will happen soon so the angel was sent to god's servant john so that john could share the revelation with god's other servants john faithfully reported the word of god that's key Um, that's somebody you want to follow right just somebody who's going to faithfully report the word of god you don't want some knucklehead up here or on this video screen i'm sharing with you my opinions and, uh, and, or me hopping on a soapbox and all that stuff. You don't want that. We don't have time for that. You want somebody who's going to faithfully report the word of God, faithfully deliver the word of God. That's it. You, you don't need James's opinion on anything. Okay. Cause it's not worth anything. You just want James, Pastor James to stand here and say, just tell you what the word says. Right? So that's my goal. That's what John did. That's what he was known for. It says, uh, he reported the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, everything he saw. Okay. It says, God blesses the one who reads this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to it. That's one. Listen and obey what it says. Right. So the blessing in revelation. So you don't have to be afraid of this book. In fact, it says, if you read this book, you'll be blessed in reading it. But don't miss this. It's not just in the reading and it's not just in the hearing, but it's in the doing. Right, so there's obviously some practical application that can be found through Revelation, okay? So listening to somebody read the book of Revelation to you, which you'll get from me, not all today, of course not, but uh, over a course of time, or even just sitting down and reading it yourself, or, or downloading a, a, the Bible app on your phone and listening audible to, uh, to the book of Revelation, you know, somebody else reading it to you. Whatever way, you're gonna be blessed by this book, okay? but even more so when you do the Word of God, not just hearers, but doers, okay? So he says, who obey what it says, for the time is near when these things will happen. So it's, we're like on the doorstep, okay? And if, if, if you don't believe that, well, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on in your life. You know, keep your eyes open, pay attention to what's going on within our world. Do not be afraid of the events that are happening in the world. Also, don't be distracted from things that could be uh prying your attention away from jesus and maybe even some heads-ups that that he's given us we could very well be at the doorstep of the return of jesus and again that's not something to make us afraid if you're a believer that should encourage you um that should encourage you and not only just because like well man he'll rapture us out of here and and i'm done i'm done with this world i'm done with all the drama i'm done with all the viruses and all that stuff you know that's part of it that's that's a blessing for sure but I should also spur within us uh, a desire to want to just to share with people the gospel okay so um, he's coming back soon so let's 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 not forget we're still on a mission okay he still expects his church his sons and daughters to uh, to go and make disciples okay so let's figure out how to do that right now um, as we see this day coming so he goes on that's just like the prologue okay the little intro. Here's the greeting. Okay, John, it says this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Okay, and this province of Asia technically could be within the uh, the region of like modern-day Turkey. Okay, it says grace and peace from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. The one who who is, who was, and still to come. Okay, well, we're going to hit that in just a second again. Okay, well, that'll come back up in one second. So, the one who is, one who always was, the one who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the commander of all the rulers of the world." Well, that's a fascinating thing right there. He's top dog, OK? He's chief, OK? But it's saying this. Uh, so there's, there's a few hints there. It's, he's prophet, priest, king, which is true. All three of those things are true of Jesus, OK? The one who who is a faithful witness that that could be hinting that you know he's a pro, he's he, he is the ultimate prophet right um, the first to rise from the dead there him being like the priest and, and we understand that from his perfectly lived out life here on this planet and his his sacrifice on the cross for us uh, making a way for us and uh, through that sacrifice on the cross and through his raising from the dead and then also the commander of all the rulers of the world okay so he's the king he's king of kings lord of lords. It also means that he's in total control of what's happening within our world. He goes on to say, so he's, he's, Jesus is the man, right? Period. Like done. He's the man. Okay. This is all praise to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Okay. So uh, there you go. Just how how amazing is Jesus? Okay. So he's, he's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He's the one who has, um, who has loved us. That's first, okay? First, He loves us. He loves you. The uh, second thing is this. He has freed us from our sins, okay? And the, the third thing is through the shedding of His blood. That's where the freedom comes from, okay? It says, He has made us His kingdom and His priests who before God the before God His Father, giving him, uh, give to him everlasting glory. He rules forever and ever, amen, okay? So he loves you, he's freed you, and he's made you into a, as, as Peter would say, you're, you're part of a, a royal priesthood. Okay, so you're, you're part of this body. He's made us his kingdom, his priests who serve before God. Now, this is all tremendous things. And again, if you want to go deeper into that, um, there's a ton of resources that are out there. Uh, be careful, be cautious on, especially when it comes to Revelation, who you're going to gather your information from. I would recommend Blue Letter Bible, blueletterbible.org, I think it is. I just punch in Blue Letter Bible. But um, there's some pretty solid dudes, commentators on there. So he loves you and he sets you free through his sacrifice. Just amazing. What other religious leader has even offered to do that. What other story do we have where the hero of the story dies for the villain? You don't have that. I mean, this is exactly what Jesus did for us. When he came and lived a sinless, perfect life on this earth, and then died on the cross, it was the hero, the ultimate hero dying for the ultimate villain, which is me, which is you, okay? We were his enemies. We were his enemies. Yet, even while we were his enemies, Christ died for us, which is incredible. And why would he do that? Well, because he loves us. Uh, we know that from John, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who who should ever believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, it was love. It was His love for us. That that alone should just blow our minds. Okay, His love for you is what spurred on the, this rescue mission. So pretty cool stuff. All right, I got to keep going because my, I'm watching my clock. We got a lot more to cover here. So it goes on to say, verse seven. Look or behold, okay? He comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Now, how is that possible, right? Like he comes in the cloud of heaven. How how is it possible for well, like, you know, I would even say like twenty, thirty years ago, this would be a difficult verse to kind of process, but now it's we are so connected globally. Now we're gonna see another later on in Revelation, we'll we'll see this really kind of take fruition as well, but it says, look, he comes in the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him, right? So, or those who are guilty uh, of, you know, placing him on the cross. Again, just a little side note there. I, I was part of that guilty party. It says, and the nations of earth will weep because of him. Yes, amen. Verse 8, here's when he speaks. I am the Alpha and the Omega, uh, the beginning and the end says the Lord God, I'm the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Basically this, um, he, he always has been, He always will be, uh, there, is no, there is no changing within Him, okay? God is eternal, He's eternal. So He doesn't have a start, and He doesn't have an end. He is eternal. Verse 9, here's the vision that John talks about. It says, I am John, your brother. In Jesus, we are partners in suffering, john knows a lot about suffering okay he says and in the kingdom and in the kingdom and in patient endurance so we got suffering we got the kingdom and we have patient endurance those are three common commonalities within believers and john is speaking to his audience at at this point in time you need to understand that they were suffering tremendously and they needed to be reminded and encouraged by john that they were part of the kingdom not just man's kingdom or anything like that but they are part of Jesus' established kingdom. And they needed to patiently endure. Okay, so times are very difficult for these guys. And I, I would say that what we're experiencing right now, even you know, across across this, you know, the United States of America, where some states are making it very difficult for churches to open back up and, and all that good stuff, what we're facing is is in nowhere near anything that these guys are facing when this letter was written. Okay. So John is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's letting these guys know. He's like, look, we—we—we we, we share in—we share in suffering. We share in the fact that we're in the kingdom, and you know, we—we we need this patient endurance. We need to—we need to keep on keeping on. Okay. It says I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God, and for speaking about Jesus. Okay. So that's why he got—he got imprisoned because he preached the word and he talked about Jesus. Um, and I can think of no better reason to get locked up, right? So we have brothers and sisters right now on this planet who are behind bars because they preach the word of God and because they talk about Jesus. So this this still happens today, and they're not. Please understand that when I reference those guys, they're not also they're not in prison because um, uh, because they're knuckleheads or they're jerks or anything like that. I mean, they are legitimately cri- following Jesus Christ, and they're just men. They just. Faithfully telling people about Jesus and His beautiful gospel, and that is seen as a threat, and, and and so they are suffering because of that. It's not because they're walking around and uh you know holding up their Bibles and, and you know uh, you know yelling at people or anything like that. These are people who are just they're just faithfully serving the Lord Jesus, and maybe it's in China in their home or or somewhere else, um, and their door gets kicked down and they get dragged out to jail because why? Because they represent Jesus. So John was uh, was um sent there. This is a 17 square mile island of Patmos. Um this is where he receives this vision, okay? Says uh he goes on to say for preaching the word and for speaking about Jesus it was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Like <laughs> like this dude's crazy. So he has been sentenced to uh, he's been exiled to the island of Patmos and what's he doing? He's just like it's like that's uh, you know, it's uh, it's the Lord's day, it's church day. So what am I, I going to do? Well, I'm going to worship Jesus because because that's just who I am. That's that's who I am. That's what I do. But you've you've experienced tremendous suffering, and now you're on this island because of Jesus. And he's like, Yeah, of course, but I will still worship Him. I will still praise Him. Right? That was His attitude. That was His mentality. And he says, So when I was doing that, as I was worshiping in the spirit, suddenly I, I heard a loud voice from behind me. A voice that sounded like a trumpet blast. It said, "Write down what you see and send it to the seven churches: Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea." Okay, so we're going to be dealing with seven churches. That'll be chapters two and three. It says, "When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands, which is kind of fascinating." Seven golden lampstands, not one golden lampstand or one menorah with seven branches coming off of it, but seven menorahs, golden menorahs, or golden lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a, a gold sash across his chest, and his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were bright like flames of fire. His feet were as bright as bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice Thundered like a mighty ocean wave. Well, oh, that's such a cool verse, right? An ocean wave, or, or maybe uh, liken it to a, a waterfall. Just very powerful. Okay, very powerful. So here's John, just chilling out on this island. Um, probably not sitting in like a you know a beach chair or anything like that. He's he's just he's all by himself, exiled onto this island. And as he's worshiping God, he hears a voice from behind him saying, "Hey." I'm going to need you to write down everything that you're about to see. Turns and looks, and, and there's Jesus in his glorified state. His, his, his head and his, his hair, he's wearing this long robe uh, with a gold sash across it. His head and his hair were, like, were white like wool, which is kind of cool. You can't see mine, but mine's getting there. Okay, you can see it right here. Uh, pretty soon, all this will be white like wool, I'm sure, especially as the third of of My four kids is now going to be a teenager in a couple of weeks. All this will probably change pretty quickly, but Jesus isn't, he's not white headed because of stress. Um, this is speaking of just like his glory, okay? Uh, just tremendous. Here he is, he's just standing there, in, in, and John just turns around and he's just like, Man, long robe, gold sash white hair white i mean his face is shining is basically what that's saying as well it's just like it's like looking at the sun okay it's just bright it's beaming it says his eyes were bright like flames of fire oftentimes old testament times the fire is a reference of um, could be a reference of purification and then his feet with the the brightest bronze yeah we're the furnace it speaks of that judgment so here's jesus and he's here uh, to do business okay this isn't like passive hippie Jesus or, you know, sometimes as he's been betrayed, it's like just, you know, sweet and gentle, which he's amazingly gentle for sure. But this is a different side of Jesus. OK, so here he is. Eyes, flames of fire. His feet were bright as bronze refined in the furnace and his voice thundered like a mighty ocean. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two edged sword came from his mouth. No, not not literally i think we understand that right like he's not a swords not literally coming out of his mouth um, but there's power and uh in the word of god is like a double edged sword okay so he speaks the word speaks truth it has power it has effect it, it has the ability to do what it what needs to be done
2: oh, oh no.
0: What we learn from Revelation and many other books of the Bible is a continuous journey. We appreciate our time with you here today on Bread for the Broken. Our host is Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas with Pastor James Grizzle. This ministry is dedicated to spreading the truth of the gospel through the study and reading of God's word so that everyone can find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. If this has resonated with your soul, we'd encourage you not to ignore that. Would you reach out to us by visiting our webpage, breadforthebroken.com? We'd love to talk with you. You can get started by locating the contact tab at the top of the page and submitting an email that will be securely sent to us. Better yet, why not come and join us as we worship Jesus together? We're a laid-back, uncomplicated group of people, simply seeking to love like Jesus better than we have before. We'd be overjoyed to have you come. Just mark it on your calendar Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursdays at 7 p.m. Take your pick or come to both. Understandably, not all of our listening audience is near Galveston, Texas, but we hope that you'll join us on our live stream so you don't miss out on any inspiring and challenging messages from Pastor James Grizzle. Make sure to visit breadforthebroken.com to learn more. Did the words you heard today make an impact on your day? Would you consider donating to this ministry? We're so thankful for your financial support. To get more information, go to breadforthebroken.com. That's all we have for today here on Bread for the Broken.
2: Let me paint the picture of you,